Greetings, cyberspace, and welcome to episode 228 of the Double Density Podcast with your host, Brian Angelo. Double Density is your home to tech tales and paranormal primers. Now, first things first, Angelo, I am back. We took a week off. I went on vacation. I became uh, Florida man incarnate. I did something weird. I bought two Hawaiian shirts. I've never owned Hawaiian shorts before. And so I, have, I now am the proud owner of two of them, um, which has like, uh, drastically uh, altered my perception on life. Did you say shorts or shirts? Shirts. 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 Okay. Though it could have sounded Can you like get shorts. Hawaiian shorts, yeah, like shorts and shirts would be kind of cool. No, no, this uh, sadly no, they're just regular shorts. Shirts, shorts. I also bought shorts though, so so you can dress like Hank from Breaking Bad now. <laughs> yeah, either that or like like the the archetypal Florida man, which I want to now become. I think. Yeah, the irony there is that Hank usually catches Florida, Florida man type yeah, people. Exactly. Yeah, how far along are you in your in your rewatch of of? Breaking Bad now. Are you almost done? You must be almost I, done. Season five, episode three. Okay. So he's met uh he's met the crew that uh does his new like cook areas. Right. We've met Todd. <laughs> uh, a crucial uh slash not crucial point um in terms of, of progression of the show. Definitely. Angela, Definitely. I'm watching a super uplifting show. Have you heard of the show Euphoria? It is family friendly. Yeah, wonderful. I watched it with my family. It was great. It's a family show. I have one episode left in season two. I've been binging it since I got back. MJ gets up to uh, hijinks when uh, Peter Parker's not around. Oh, a ton of hijinks, I agree. Angelo, we've got... Let's start things off proper. Let's start things off with some some listener mail. Like, so some stuff came in um, during my absence. So first up is Trish. Trish says, techno question around 2012. For about three months, the world was awash with Google Glasses. I hope you took two tech savvy people did not get those. I never bought a pair of Google Glasses, nor did I ever entertain the idea of Google Glasses. I know you similarly weren't even thinking about that. Never thought about doing that. Not exactly my cup of tea. Although people were kind of excited about them and they were not good. And you looked like a jerk when you had them, right? Oh, that's the whole thing. They're big, they're bulky, they're weird looking. Um, You could easily be spotted in a crowd. Not an ideal kind of look for yourself if you're trying to be conspicuous. 11 years later, Apple's about to release their own headset. So we'll see how that goes. We'll see where that takes us. Yeah. Yeah. We're only a few weeks away, right? Or two weeks? People are getting excited about it. I still can't muster up any excitement, but who knows? No. Maybe I'll be wrong. Maybe it'll be like the best WWDC ever. (laughs) Well, my expectations are so low. Right. uh, That maybe it'll be good. But ideally, what I'd like to hear is that. They'll say for Mac OS, no changes. We're just going to keep making it better. Good. No that's changes. Big news. No that's, giant that's changes. That's not newsworthy. A lot of people in the Apple ecosphere would really like to hear that, especially about Mac OS. That's Mac OS is the thing that drives everything else, right? All the other apps are developed using a Mac. Nobody's developing iOS apps on iOS. No. It doesn't work that way. No, exactly. So the Mac has to be robust. And when they make big changes, it usually doesn't turn out well, and most people just stay on like the old one anyway. Especially people producing audio like us. Yeah, exactly. I mean, that's like, the listen, first thing to break. We're good enough here right now, right? Like this, you know. At least we don't have to like manually download drivers all the time and fix those and try to figure out compatibility issues. Remember, you have to pay for updates. Yeah, I don't want to talk about that, Angela. Come on. I'm glad we don't need to do that anymore. But I usually don't update until a good month or two after the initial push of whatever macOS is out. The only time I'll do it initially is by accident. <laughs> like that, that is honestly the only time where I like, I've realized I've done something wrong and I just need to write it out. Because yeah, iOS, I don't care. I update the day it comes out. Yeah. I don't really care. Yeah. But uh, on Mac, it's like I do my work on here. I do the podcast on here. I do music on this. 
it's it's bad if it goes if it down. breaks yeah and audio like we said is usually the first thing to break it's the most finicky so google glass not us definitely not, not us so trish asked us to go back in time even longer so she says let's make mr peabody's Wayback machine to 2006 montreal finished paying off the 77 uh, the 76 olympics the olympic stadium in particular which was a gigantic blunder still is um my whole idea is they should blow it up and let the highest bidder pay to like pull the little lever um the war in iraq is a quagmire putin was still invited to dinner in the west and p.s Hundreds of people saw UFO at O'Hare Airport in Chicago. Angela, you and I have talked about O'Hare um, kind of fleetingly. You and I have been like, oh, this is one of the more interesting cases. I feel like it, it deserves more attention. And I think that maybe sometime this summer we'll end up doing that because it is one of the more credible ones in your eyes, too, I think, right? Of the recent sightings? You're coming close to mixing the peanut butter and chocolate here by having the paranormal in the tech segment. Oh, I know. But listen, like, this is a, I'm loosey goosey. I'm still on vacation mode here. Double density 2.0. I've always liked the O'Hare case. I remember it being discussed heavily in the Paracast forums back in the day. And the thing that I've retained the most about that case is how the UFO punched a hole through the clouds, which is a really memorable image. A poetic way of saying it, yeah. Double density. Just to let listeners know, because we've agreed on things in June, right? So next week, we're doing a classic uh, revisiting Coast to Coast AM with the Ghost to Ghost episode. The week after that, Angelo, you will present to me the best case ever for Flat Earth, and I'm very intrigued uh, and interested in seeing how that goes. And after that, We'll see how things go. It will not go well because flat Earth is hard to prove, but so is around Earth. That's what I've learned so far. <laughs> okay, well, don't, save this for the episode. I'm super intrigued. I don't want to know too much. Um, I want to see what you present to me, and I'm very, I'm like genuinely excited by this. Um, so we're we're going to continue mixing paranormal with with the tech thing. And uh, Nick wrote to us and says, "Hi, Brian and Angelo." Well, mostly Angela, as I'm sure Brian has been detained by cast members and taken to one of Disney's main black site prisons. In fact, I hesitated to write to you at all, lest I dilute your focus on ransoming Brian back from Big Mess. Good news, I made it out of the prison. No problems there. Contrary to your musings in episode 227, I'm not actually watching you. I do work in the cybersecurity field, but I'm certainly using those connections to monitor your whereabouts and credit account activity. Guess what? I'm completely normal in the credit center. But it would certainly be a nice paranormal superpower to be able to view people and things remotely. This brings me to the question of the week. What are your thoughts on controlled remote viewing? I know both U.S. and Soviet governments spent lots of money researching the phenomenon, and many people claim they both had some limited success. With Angela's impending dismissal of this topic as cheap, chicanery dallously on the tip of his tongue before this email came read in full. I issue you a challenge to take an instructor's CRV class and report back to your listeners on the success or lack thereof of your experience. Here's one option. Cheers, Nick in Colorado. So, Nick, I tried Guess this. what? Early yeah. 2022, I downloaded uh, Ed Dames's course, and I tried really hard, and it did not go well. And I had probably invested like 10 to 20 hours in it, and uh, was not was not a fan of remote viewing or how it worked. Perhaps my body's just not attuned to remote viewing. I'm not quite sure. Um, but yeah, we chalked it up as a major failure. Yeah, it never struck me as something that worked. There's a lot of remembering the hits, forgetting the misses. I'm shocked, but it's true, though that the U.S. and Soviet governments did put in a lot of money to this because thinking this would give them the edge up. They were trying anything everything, back then. Everything. Even if it made no scientific sense, I'm sure there was a bunch of scientists in both countries that thought this was a total waste of time. Absolutely. But they still perhaps saw the potential, right? Because you only need to be right once in order for it to work. If you can repeat it, then it becomes a scientific principle, right? Exactly. Now, Brian, he mentioned Disney. Yes. I want to know. How did it go? I might have a few questions for you. So, yeah, uh, to those unaware, I went to Disney World in Florida for, uh, 
I went, I did three park days, but we did a, a week and change of, of vacation. It was nice not having to be in front of a computer all the time. So super nice. I caught the Disney flu. I caught a Disney cold. Um, doubtlessly some child's grubby fingers or cough or something got on me. Um, wasn't running a fever, just a normal, unfortunate cold. Um, did you drink the It's a Small World water? I did multiple times because we were stuck, right? Okay. Did that ride break down for you? It's not that it breaks down. It's just people in wheelchairs need to get out, right? So it takes time for them to get out of the boat. Oh, yeah. Those the boats all kind of just ram each other, sponge into each other. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. So it took us like 15 minutes long to get off and it was fine. But everyone around us said B.O., which was just unfortunate. Oh, great. Yeah. Um, you know, Hollywood Studios, Magic Kingdom, Epcot. Two out of three were great. Epcot was just, uh, eh, it was fine. Epcot is, I like walking around Epcot, but there aren't too many rides. Did you do the new Ratatouille ride there? I did not because the wait time was 90 minutes and I didn't want to pay $22 for Fastlane. $22. There was no virtual line for that one? There, well, so the way that it works is it's 7 and 1, right? So if you don't do 7 or you, you miss out on the 1 o'clock window, you don't get anything. Oh, okay, okay. Because nah, it's a very confusing system now. Well, I'll, I'll tell you that. It is, well. And that was my question because yesterday I booked my trip for this summer to Disney World. So are you doing like a park hopper pass? Or are you jumping around? Like what's the plan? We Yeah, we so we are doing 7 days at the Disney Resort, we're doing four park days. We'll take, uh, we're arriving early on the first day. We are not doing a park that day. Then we've decided to do some parks during the week. We're taking the weekend off from the parks where they're usually busier. We might go to the beach or something. And then the last, we're there on the Monday, go to another park and then leave on the Tuesday morning. It's, really early. It's a good move. Are you, so are you renting a car? Is that the plan for the weekend? Uh, no, we're just going to probably uber it or take a shuttle of some kind to some sort of beach nearby uh, okay you're not going to daytona beach which is an hour away no no okay. no no where i think the closest beach is something called coco beach it is yeah and we'll see we'll see we're not everything's up in the air for now we did reserve our parks that's a new thing yep. that never was a thing yep. before and we looked at the genie plus system and we have no idea what we're doing so genie plus is interesting in that you uh can only buy it the day of and it ranges the price from 16 to about 30 bucks american per person and essentially what it does is it grants you lightning lane access every two hours okay so let's say that you want to go on a ride that you don't want to wait 90 minutes for you can lightning like as of nine o'clock you can use it every two hours so nine eleven one okay. three five seven one thing i learned is staying at one of the resorts we're allowed to do that at 7 a.m Yes, well, depending on the situation, you're allowed one ahead of time, and then you're also allowed to queue up um, okay. based on where you're at, too, depending what park you're at, right? But you don't get, do you, you don't get early access, do you? No? We do, yeah. Okay, you we do get early access. Because I stayed at yeah, one of the partner so. hotels, and they gave us early access, so we got there nice. 30 minutes early. So not every ride was open. We ended up doing the Tron ride in Magic Kingdom first. That was my first ride in years, and I loved it. I've heard really good things. So Tron is... There's a few rides right now that are my priorities, and I want to make sure I get on them. So Tron, Tron is, is one of them. Yeah, Tron is the, the virtual queue, which is very confusing. So you can't actually just show up. Like, they don't allow line, lining up for it. There's no standby. Okay. So you have, to, you have to, at 7 a.m., right on the app, load up the, the virtual queue and hope somebody gets you in. Luckily, I'm up early in the morning playing Wordle. And I'll do well, there that. you go, I'll yeah. Play the other ride I definitely want to do, and I'm willing to pay some money for it, is Rise of the Resistance. Rise of the Resistance was incredible. My tip to you, Angelo, is just go early uh, if you have early rope drop. And I hate that I know all these terms now, um, thanks to paying attention to being online too much. But you can actually just make it pretty easily if you do rope drop and just go right there in the morning. Because the problem is that Rise breaks down a lot during the day, is what I found out. Really? Yes. So huh. if you get in early, like we did, we got there at 830, um, you'll be fine. Our plan is actually day one. The, we arrive on the Tuesday, 
like I mentioned, Wednesday morning, day one is early access to Hollywood Studios. That's our Perfect. Point. I would also suggest doing the uh, Mickey and uh, Minnie Railway because it's the same system. That is, it's the same yeah. system of ride. Okay, that's that's high up on our. So the, those you've named all the ones that are high on my list because they're new rides. Yeah. I've never seen yeah. them before. Um, the Millennium Falcon one was good, except for the fact that we got stuck with a three-year-old and a four-year-old. Oh, who ended up crying the entire time? So we spent time in line. Where were their parents? She was so the 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 mother was there trying to console them as they were both bawling their eyes out, and we definitely crashed. Like we did not escape <laughs> properly. We are lucky enough to be a group of eight. Yeah, so that's good. Then that's good. You'll be five ourselves. and three, or six okay, and, and two, depending on how you want to play. But yeah, that was yeah. Um, situationally not fun. Um, theoretically, okay. Okay. So yeah, uh, Epcot is. I think my wife put it real well. She's like, if you've never been anywhere else in the world, Epcot's a good introduction to how the world works. But if you've ever traveled at all, Epcot is just a quaint reminder of how things used to be pre-internet. Definitely. There's there's not much to do at Epcot in terms of rides. There's only a couple. Yeah, they have the they have the new Guardians ride there too. Yeah, uh, is Spaceship Earth the lair? It is sure that is, Angela, and it is yeah. boring as heck. Yeah, that's that's a ride that broke down on us. We were stuck in. Of course, we got stuck in the hopeless void for that one. There was just sky. We we're looking at sky, and there was nothing. Yeah, like it was just black, pretend sky. I mean, it was kind of. It, uh, that's uh, there are worse places to break down. I think. Let's get out of the way. You enjoyed Disney, right? I enjoyed myself. I don't see myself going back, though. Okay. Unlike me, he was going for the fifth y- time. What I'm saying is that, like, I've been once. Unless there's, like, a major hall overall that I already go in, like, 15 years, I'm, I'm fine now. I went three years in a row or four years in a row. And I actually, we, we skipped 2017. But we went from 2014 to 2018. We went four times. And now I haven't been in five years. And there's a whole new area, right? Yeah. Star Wars which is of interest to it's me. It's fun that's to walk sure. around, dude. Like, I think you'll really enjoy walking around. That's what we've heard, and we're really looking forward to it. So I that, had this weird that's... moment, actually. So I, like, my, like, Steph went to the bathroom, and I'm waiting outside by this, like, random door, and the Mandalorian comes out with a little baby, <laughs> nice. Grogu, and I'm like, oh, hey, cool. So I just snap a quick pick, and then, like, literally, he got mobbed by, like, 50 families, and it was super intense. So the, you mentioned the Mickey and Minnie ride. That used to be a movie ride yep. of some kind? Yeah. And... My son at the time was way too small to go on it, so I decided I'll stay outside with him. It's cool. And the the rest of the group went in. Thank you for being sensible, by the way. Yeah, and I was standing next to the door, and all of a sudden, just all the Star Wars characters just all started coming out of this door. So I got amazing pictures and amazing yeah. video of them yeah. coming out. So it was kind of cool that I was stuck with just there, and it was really fun. So what I realized about myself, too, is that like I, I can't do roller coasters that do loops, but up-downs are fine. Okay. So doing and stuff did you like do Tower of Terror. Oh, I love Tower of Terror. Yeah, love Tower of Terror. Uh, my big revelation, and there are two actually, and one you'll agree with. But for me, a classic roller coaster is Big Thunder. Love Big Thunder. Um, had a lot of fun uh, doing that. I almost did it twice, and then also Haunted Mansion. Haunted Mansion was so much fun. It is my favorite ride. Yeah, it's a lovely ride. And and it it brings me to what I wanted to say before. What's fun at Disney World also is when the rides do actually break down because a lot of them break down. <laughs> In fun ways, especially the Haunted Mansion, which is one of the oldest rides there. I'm kind of surprised to hear that Rise of the Resistance break down, breaks down so much because it's such a new ride. Right, but I guess that's the tech what, is part of the problem. Really, yeah. Yeah, yeah. The tech is really uh, high tech, I guess. 
it was a blast. Rise of Resistance is probably my favorite. Um, so okay, so here's my big problem with with a lot of these uh, rides, and I, I'm curious to hear for the people who've gone to other um, parks, right? So for example, like Rise of the Resistance or even Guardians, right? So what happens is they give you this amazing pre-show. Oh, there's a ray in a hologram talking to you. You get shoved off in somewhere. You get put in line. You get all these amazing kind of like visuals to build you up, and then you have to wait. 20 minutes to a half hour to actually make it onto the ride afterwards inside. Yeah. I've seen that happen with uh, the Harry Potter, one of the Harry Potter rides at universal studios going, just going into the ride 45 minutes of amazing stuff. Just waiting in line. Uh, At one point it started snowing on us inside (laughs) Hogwarts and all the kids were there talking to us from the movies uh, in hologram form, sort of, if I remember correctly. And I guess it sounds like Rise of the Resistance is that thing. Oh, One of the Rise of the Resistance was about amazing. That, I don't want to ruin it too much, but there's two there's two instances where it's like it's incredible where doors open up and you're like, whoa, okay, this is. I've I've heard something about. A door opens up and it's a room full of stormtroopers or yeah, something. Yeah. So I've heard I did, that's one of the I, things I want. I, I kind of didn't want to mention too much, but it, it looks incredible. Yeah, I I know, but I, I just I don't I don't know anything about it. It's just I know that happens, but I don't and know. There's a huge, I haven't at one point, seen it. At another point, you you go under a huge ATAT, which I loved. That's the other point where I was okay, like, oh cool. my god, this is incredible. Cool. Yeah, I'm looking forward to seeing it and hopefully doing it and not breaking down. Yeah, but the whole problem. So that's that's the thing is the cohesiveness of like the buildup only to feel really anticipating uh, of being able to like go on this. Supposedly fantastic ride, and then waiting, just waiting around, waiting in line, yeah. slowly moving, 20, 30 minutes. We'll just have to make sure we map it out once Rope Drop goes, because I think everybody's just going to try to head there after Rope Drop. Yeah, I mean, we got really lucky. We did everything we wanted to do, um, mostly because we went in a golden period of time. So apparently the week before Memorial Day in the United States is kind of the sweet spot, so we didn't realize that when we booked. And so I've heard did, really good things about May. Yeah, so we did everything we wanted to every single day. Like, there's not a ride that I missed out on that I wanted to. We do. are going the week after their busiest time, apart from apart from like uh, Christmas and Halloween. The week of the Fourth of July week is the busiest. We're going the week after that. Yeah, um, Hall of Presidents super cool. Three screens do not care about the story itself because we all know it's filled with. Um, generalizations, exaggerations, etc. Right, so it's always just a, a sanitized version of how the presidency in the United States works, but the cool tech of having three screens projecting stuff was super cool. I don't remember the screens in the hall of presidents. They may have, they may have, uh, re-upped them, but yeah, Changed, yeah, because it was all animatronics when I went. Well, it's still animatronics, and but there's, they show a movie for most of it. For us, it was, uh, Barack Obama. Who's okay. Parents. You didn't, you didn't get any, you didn't get any Trumps. You didn't do the Trump years. We didn't go during the Trump years. Okay. His, his animatronic, by the way, looked horrible before they did a facelift on him. I think it was probably purposeful. I I don't even know anymore. Uh, Carousel of Progress, an incredible ride, all about how you should hate your wife throughout the ages. I enjoy that ride. It's it's fun to see. I would how not quaint say that. I would not say you enjoy the ride. It it's quaint. There's a it's lot of passive of aggressive original. comments about about wives and children in there that I did not appreciate. I mean, it's from the fifties or forties, forties or fifties. No, it's the sixties. Sixties, even it's better. late fifties, early sixties. Yeah, uh, but it's, uh, my it, kids go, actually go enjoyed it. it. Go watch I'll it watch and it sit again. there. Yeah. And I try to figure out whether or not... Uh, what are your kids looking forward for? Uh, definitely the Rise of the Resistance. Yeah. Uh, definitely It's going to blow their minds. Yeah. And definitely seeing the Star Wars galaxies, because the last time we were there, we saw it from afar being built. Right. So we had, remember we're it, seeing, it, we were, it honestly we were, is very immersive. Yeah. That's what I've heard. So I'm looking forward to that. They're looking forward to just being at Disney World after so many years of not seeing it and being older now. So for yeah. my son, it's going to be like his first real experience of being able to go on all the rides. Right. 
Is he? Uh, do you think he'll be comfortable with roller coasters? Yeah, yeah. I think he will be. Like Terror yeah, Terror, you think? Yeah. I think he'll go on it. Yeah. Yeah. I think so. Yeah. Fair. I think. I think. I think we should all be okay for all the rides now. I, I think. Want it, I want it to be ironically you who's just afraid now. I'm not really. I although I do have to watch my back literally. Yeah. No, sure my back cracked during Tower of Terror. So. Yeah, I may not do Tower of Terror. It was incredible. I was just sitting there, and then suddenly, like, I got flung in a weird way, and I was like, "Oh, I'm kind of loose now." Yeah, yeah. I have to really be wary of my back. So, I'll, yeah, I don't know. I'll have to be careful, but nothing seems too intense. You didn't go to Animal Kingdom, and when I told this I to my children, know. they were shocked and mortified that you weren't going to Animal Kingdom because that's one of their favorite parks. Oh, yeah, but I also think that, like, we weighed the options carefully. And, and to be honest with you, and I think we've talked about this, but, like, any kind of zoo kind of setting depresses me. Like, just, it's yeah, not, it, I don't want, yeah. I, just, I, I have a hard time with zoos and things like that. So I anytime understand. I'm yeah. near one, I can't, I can't do it. Um, but I understand the interest in them, and I could see how fun it could be. It just, for me, fundamentally, it's it's a little difficult to, like, sit there. I feel like Animal Kingdom is one of the best zoos, though, in terms of how yeah. they handle things but yeah definitely i could totally see your point of view animal kingdom is probably one of the ones we'll just do once as well as epcot so we've so what we've decided to do is we're doing those four days we're, st- we're going to start with a different park on all four days that 9 to 11 a.m is your sweet spot for getting the rides that you want to do yeah that's what we'll do right the, we'll go those mornings and then the uh, the afternoons will park hop somewhere else that we've already done likely magic kingdom and hollywood the only thing to keep in mind though is that you 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 buy genie plus for the day for a specific park so that's something to keep in mind i thought it was for oh it's for the specific park i thought if you have park hopper it goes to both i don't know about park hopper but from what i understood you had to buy per park um which is what we were doing and you can necessarily buy for multiple parks a day Okay, I'll have to look into that. Yeah, it's a super uh, intricate, confusing system. Uh, I've been doing a ton of reading about it. And the prices change as well? Yeah, they're super dynamic. Good luck with that. Yeah, great. Speaking of prices changing, let's talk about a bit about piracy, Angela, right? So piracy is an ever-present problem. Pirates of the Caribbean? <laughs> uh, piracy of the Caribbean could be the title of this episode, but let's not do that. Pirates is a nonsensical ride that I do not care for. Hot take. Okay, I, I enjoy it. It's just silly, and it smells like citrus. It does. But yes, coming back to the topic at hand, piracy, right, Angelo? How do you commit piracy? And I do have to commend a company in particular, and I didn't think I'd be talking about this, but it is a very interesting thing. So um, I don't know if you're aware of this, but manga is like some of the like biggest and highest selling forms of literature in the world right now. Manga and hentai are the same thing, correct? <laughs> hentai is a subset of manga, yes. Okay, just checking. <laughs> so... Um, one of the big problems, though, is that since it is in black and white and easily scannable and things like that, um, piracy of different chapters, because a lot of them come out in chapters, um, is like super, super easy and fundamentally uh, very quick to access technologically. So Viz Media has decided to do um, a very interesting thing. They're offering a subscription for a couple of bucks a month where they're doing simultaneous publishing of the chapters in Japanese magazines and in English on the app. So... It's, they could have easily charged 10, 12, and this is in addition to the Shonen Jump um, app, which does a lot more of the other weekly stuff. So Viz, kind of as a parent company, you know, for like six bucks Canadian a month, you get access to two different apps that give you pretty much a lot of the premier um, titles out there, which is like nothing at the end of the day, right? It's If you consider how much you're paying per year, it's like 70 bucks a year for that much content. So this is a very smart and commendable way, I think, to combat um piracy by setting a price point that actually is very attractive and is basically almost nothing when you compare it to how much you get from it 
I'm always happy to pay for something if it's a, if it's fairly priced. I don't. I'm. You know me. I've never been a huge proponent of pirating things. The only time I'll use a download service of any kind that may or may not be legal is in situations where it is impossible to actually pay for or to find it. Yeah. The, the, the yeah. For example, when we watched the entity, that is not available anywhere. It was tough. Yeah, it was tough to find. So you were able to find it from a guy who gave and it to we, you. Yeah, we used that copy exactly. Um, so, like, for example, let's take a Western publisher, right? Let's take DC. So, DC has something called DC Universe Infinite. So, it's $90 a month, but you only a get... Month? A month? Sorry, $90 a year. Sorry. It's, okay. It's, it's $9.99 a month, but $90 a year. Sorry, I apologize for okay, that. Okay, because that would be no, really I know. expensive That'd be a thousand bucks a month, yeah. Um, but then they offer something else called the DC Infinite Ultra, which is 146 a year, but gets you access to newer issues more quickly. This sounds like Genie Plus. Yeah, it's a super confusing mess, right? Where you're just like, all right, well, uh, you know, because you have to wait, I think, six months on the regular plan in order to get issues, right? So if you see an issue in a comic book stand, you're like, I want to read that, you'll have to wait six months um, over there. And then uh, if you pay the 140 whatever dollars a year, you still have to wait 30 days. That's frustrating. You've used, you've talked to me about Marvel Unlimited as well. So I've used both. I've used both for a year. Um, The thing is that like the, and this is just me because like, obviously like I really like different stories and some of the stuff that I'm interested in isn't necessarily offered on there because obviously they have to continue to add value. So how do they do that is by holding back parts of their collection and slowly adding them on. Okay. So a lot of the stuff that I'm interested in, uh, is not on there. So that's why I stopped both subs. Well, it's not worth it to you if you're not getting what you want. No, exactly. And it sounds like this manga one is really pushing the envelope here. Well, for sure. And, and I think it's a really smart way because if you're talking to someone who doesn't have a ton of money, right? If you're talking to a, like a teenager, right? Six bucks a month for two different apps that gets you pretty much everything that you need. I mean, obviously, uh, Viz is just one publisher, but there's a lot out there to be enjoyed. Um, it seems pretty smart to me at the end of the day. Yeah, I like the idea. Anything that gets people to consume media that they enjoy for Lawfully. a fair price? Yeah. Yeah, I think that's great. It works out for everyone. I 1,000% agree. I'm actually looking at a Viz book right now. I'm going to hold this up for you. This is something I bought on vacation because it was actually cheaper in the United States, even uh, with the conversion rate and everything. So I bought Deadpool Samurai. So this is a Deadpool manga um, put up by Viz. Okay. Cool. So I've got the two volumes here. I'm going to make my way through this week sometime. I think that's it, Angela. I think we've covered everything we've wanted to cover in the tech section. This is uh, kind of loosey-goosey. We talked a little bit of paranormal. Let's, let's head fully into the paranormal side of things. Sounds good. If maniacs, zombies, aliens, monsters, and madmen are your line, then try this. Double density. The phone number nightmares are made of. Call 1-900-909-CREEP. Double density. Puts you in touch with the baddest of the bad. And now you can be a double density. Star. Record your own screaming monster madness. You may be heard by millions of double density. Fans nationwide. Call now. Under 18, get permission before calling. $2 first minute, 45 cents each additional minute. Double density. Welcome back to Double Density, and as always, we're switching gears from tech to the paranormal. So, Angela, I want to talk to you about one of the most infamous cases in ufology, and that, my friend, is Betty and Barney. Hill, any possible new explanation that could tie into a modern phenomenon that you and I have mused about in the past? Definitely. I know this is one of your favorite cases because there's a picture of you 
and it is the, your picture. When you, when you call me on my phone, not that you ever call me, but when you text me and your contact picture is of you standing next to the Barney and Betty Hill <laughs> plaque. Let's talk about uh, a recent article from the uh, Independent entitled, Scientists Develop Powerful Pulses That Can Induce Immediate Hibernation. It could help us explore space. So the idea here is that you can bring on a state of topor, which is kind of like how animals hibernate, right? They uh, slow their heart rates down, they slow their metabolism down, their body uh, temperature drops, and they basically set themselves up for being able to survive without needing um, you know, as much food and water as, as others would need uh, in a regular kind of state of being, let's say. And it's a perfect state for you to abduct a human being if you want to conduct trials on them. Well, I mean, yes. If you want, you hit them with a beam or some kind of, of solar pulse that forces their body into, um, you know, hibernation, then, yeah, it's going gonna, it's gonna to make you feel as if you were um, like a bear hiding away for yeah, winter. Definitely. And so the science now is coming out on this. But was it available in the 60s? Who would have had this type of science? This is the questions put forth in this Reddit thread. Which I thought was very interesting, right? Because I think that like to retroactively look at things like this through new lenses is kind of fun. I, do I think that a beam uh, of this type hit Betty and Barney Hill? I do not. But it is interesting to think about how a beam like that could create an instance in which a, um, you know, a UFO abduction could occur. Do you think this is one of the most possibly real cases out there do you do you believe they were abducted by aliens do you do you believe that something weird happened yes. to them not necessarily aliens yes i'm open to okay so let, let me just with the caveat that like i as always I like to state that like i wasn't there right so i can't definitively say you weren't there in nine, the 1960s <laughs> i did not use you're too busy working on the carousel of progress oh yeah I, I was too busy uh programming the guy to tell uh jokes about how much he hates his dog or whatever um yeah no, to me, that is the thing, right? At the end of the day, is that I wasn't there, so I cannot empirically say whether or not something had happened. I do have my hunches that something did happen. Um, was it otherworldly? I'd like to believe it is, but that is sort of my subjective answer to that. Oh, okay. I, I think something weird happened to them, but what was it? I don't know. I, I, uh, aliens is always... A really hard pill to swallow for. Me. I love how in, in this new era of Double Density 2.0, you're not immediately skeptical, and I appreciate that. I'm trying my best. I know it. you are. I know. And it, it's, it, I want to let you know that it's, it, I've, I'm seeing it. I see you. It's appreciated, I guess. But Angelo, uh, let's apply this uh, new form of technology to a modern phenomenon that I, you and I have talked about extensively. Well, when I was reading this guy's post, it, my mind went there right away, and then as I scrolled down, people started talking about that too, so... It is very clearly similar to what we've dubbed Havana syndrome. Yeah, so weird, um, uh, you know, a noises as precursors to feeling ill. Have you felt those ever? Uh, sonic waves <laughs> to feel ill? No, no. I just okay. I got Disney flu. That's it. I got normal terrestrial, um, easily explainable ills going on. Um, but it is rather interesting to think about how um, we can induce hibernation in people through this weapon. I guess right because like I I would want to call it a weapon because we all know inevitably it's going to be used in those ways. Of course, if anything can be weaponized, it's going to be used as a weapon. Like, for example, if there was a weapon out there that emitted the brown sound that can make you crap yourself, right? Like, people would use it. What's funny is that, didn't Eddie Van Halen call his sound the brown sound? He did, correct. 
but not for that reason. I do think it's because of that reason. Really? I thought it was because they would attenuate the amps and make them like brown out. Hold on, let me take a look. Brian's doing his research now, right now, his own research. Very important to your own research, which is what I've been doing with uh, Flat Earth. Oh, yeah. Okay, so his brown sound was that, but I think it's retroactively. If you go to like, uh, you know, Urban Dictionary, right? Yeah, no, I know what you mean by the brown sound. It's a sound that can help make you poop. Correct. Yeah. But I have a setting on my amp that says brown. And do you wear adult diapers when you do that? No, I don't. Okay, well, that one is on you, my friend. But yeah, the military applications of this are quite daunting, and I'd love to know, like, once again, we've talked about how there's that wall between civilian and military, right? So how long have military people had this? If we go by my rule of a decade, then so, Havana syndrome is kind of explained a bit. Yeah, definitely. And I think the, 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 proper, the good application about this is to use it and in a way not harm people, although from what happened in Havana, people were harmed for quite a while. They just weren't killed. Yes, so they just they felt very ill, right? Yeah, which I guess is better than being shot. I mean, yes, of course it's better than being shot, I think, personally speaking. Nothing happening at all is the ideal thing. <laughs> yeah, exactly, just dodging the whole thing. Um, yeah. Kind of a, the point, though, right? But just imagine, like, you know, like, favorite subject of the podcast, Elon Musk, right? His mission to get people to Mars, for example, right? Mm-hmm. Like, this application could be interesting, but the man can barely run a social media website, um, so I don't think he'll get access to this very easily. Just between no, me. not at all. No, uh, it, the chances of him getting this type of, uh, of weapon would be low and bad. I'm really, really hoping that uh, it is uh, not the case. But I think it's very interesting in that, like, this is a sensory kind of way in which an abduction can be felt, kind of 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 an explanation, right? You know, the idea of like physically feeling like you've been hit with something like a wave, and then maybe um, this is what the aliens are doing. You'd think so. You think that they're just coming down here and just screwing with uh, our bodily functions to see how things go. They've mastered sonic waves. It's how they traveled through space and time. It's how they built the pyramids. Remember, there was a theory about that that the ancient Egyptians had these giant tubes or something that they could hit with mallets and it would levitate the boulders <laughs> yes. and, and the bl- broth. Yeah, it's because people watched too many uh, Warner Brothers cartoons, too many Looney Tunes yeah. cartoons back in the day, yeah. right? So they That's thought that... not necessarily how sound works, I guess. No, it, is, it, it would be incredible if it was, but no, it is it's definitely not how sound works. <laughs> too bad. It's kind of interesting, too, because we, when you consider that, like, I do like the unify theory that you've presented about sound waves and traveling on sound and using sound as a weapon, right? These are sonic beings. But uh, it took the, them that uh, long to develop it from the Roswell crash. <laughs> well, exactly. Right? The reverse engineering took a couple of decades. But sound doesn't travel in space, right? So how would that hypothesis play into it? There's a line we're supposed to say here. Go ahead, Angela. In space, no one can hear you scream. <laughs> I have to go revisit. So I, this is tangential, but so uh, when uh, a Disney bought Fox, Marvel got access to all of the aliens comic books from dark horse that they've been putting out so i'm slowly making my way through those from the adaptation of aliens all the way into the more modern stuff which is actually super interesting they do unproduced they take unproduced scripts from like back in the day and just turn them into comic book miniseries like for example they took william gibson's script from alien 3 and turned it into a miniseries what do you think of the chances that xenomorphs appear in phase six of the marvel cinematic universe (sighs) one can dream but it would not be the case because of the amount of carnage involved. And I'm using that as a pun. 
Oh, good job. Speaking of that, I'm going to see an advanced screening of The Flash. So if this is Wednesday, so tomorrow night. Oh, fun. We'll see. It I had, actually I had, looks pretty good. I had some moral issues in terms of like giving Ezra Miller attention and money, but this, this free invitation to go see a movie kind of sidesteps uh, my dollar being used. And this is, he's not coming back as The Flash in the post-James Gunn era. I don't even know what's going to happen with that. It's just weird how DC has all these characters that they've promoted, they've done things with them, and then they don't even use them anymore. For example, right, there's Black Adam, and he had he had Henry Cavill show up, and neither of them are now going to be doing anything with those characters. You pronounced it wrong. It's Black Adam, as per the movie. If you'd seen it, you'd know that. Oh, okay, sorry. And then... Uh, there's also, right, we, we saw... We saw Aquaman and Flash at the end of Peacemaker. Yeah, so, but Aquaman 2 is coming out at the end of the year, right? And that will probably have nothing to do with the continuing uh, DC slate of things. It's, it's so sad that, like, how these things just fell apart. It's unbelievable how Marvel got it so right and DC got it so wrong. So I think Marvel got it so right to a point, and we've discussed this before, though, right, about the oversaturation. Um, right, yes, that is plaguing them right now, as well as the mediocrity of the films that they put out um, in Phase Four. So we'll see how that goes. I mean, Guardians was a good. Did you you ended up seeing Guardians? Right, I have no, not seen yet. Guardians okay. yet, and from what I've been told by you and other people, it may be a little too intense to bring my youngest kid to yes. the theater. So we might just wait to watch it here on the smaller screen. Okay, yeah, that might be the smart move. Uh, but we are all really looking forward to the Marvels and Spider Man, which is technically Fox, but super exciting. Animated, oh, animated uh, yes, that's Spider-Man. Yeah, yeah. But that's not part of the MCU. No, yes, uh, we, we really enjoyed we really enjoyed Spider-Verse. Also, I saw the trailer for the newest Transformers movie. I don't know if you saw it. Isn't it like Beast Wars yeah, it's Beast or something? Wars, essentially. <laughs> Basically, yeah, that's weird. So we'll see how that, uh, we'll see how that goes. And I think we've kind of gone off topic here, but yeah, not a bad place to, to end the discussion of Havana. Sonic Waves. The trans, the trans, that's, that's just Transformer Sonic Waves. <laughs> Soundwave is definitely yeah. Soundwave, uh, I know exactly. Yeah. yeah, see, so there we there go. There we go. Full circle. Full circle. Angel, where can people find us on the internet? Go, go, go. Double density dot net. Go there. Fill out the form. Make us happy. Angelo, I've been so happy that so many different people have used the form to reach out to us. It's been great. I was wrong. I'm willing to admit I'm wrong. Yeah, you can be wrong sometimes. I could be wrong sometimes, too. Maybe I'm wrong about the Earth being round. Who knows? (laughs) Well, people will have to wait two weeks in order to find out whether or not the Earth is round or flat, right? Like, they'll be on the edge of their seat waiting for Professor Angelo Fiorentino to log in to your Zoom class and kind of of put together, like, a a PowerPoint of the mind. Yeah, there's no PowerPoint. (laughs) Yeah, I'll, I'll I'll keep working on it. Yeah, so as we mentioned at the top of the show, next week... Ghost to Ghost AM, one of the early 90s ones. I'm listening to all of them, trying to figure out which one I want to do. And then the week after that, Angelo, I think we might just do the entire episode as like a Flat Earth episode, just to see how it goes. You think? Yeah, just, yeah, because my, I'm not, I'm going to believe in it for like a few minutes, and then we're going to actually Oh, no, no, you, I thing. feel like you have to double down until it becomes Really? Yeah. You want me to believe in the whole thing? Yeah, yeah, oh, man. Yeah, I think it makes for hard. more convincing arguments. Okay. I just don't want anybody to listen to the episode and think I, I don't. I don't think anyone would do that, Angelo. I like, what if some, what if it comes across the desk of a flat earther, and then they start writing into us talking about how one of the hosts is actually wide awake to the truth? Then the that's fine. That makes for good, entertaining podcasting. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> All right, we'll see how that goes. So, apart from DoubleDensity.net, people can always find us over on social media. So, double underscore density over on Twitter. I'm still there. I'm still hanging around. Double density podcast. 
um, on Instagram and then double density podcast at gmail.com. If you feel the urge to send us an email, if the contact form is just too many clicks for you to engage with. And then also if you'd like to leave a review online using a podcasting app, greatly appreciated. You can leave one to five stars, preferably five, but we'll also live with a one, right? I would prefer not a one though. Cause these reviews actually do help you get promoted in the, the, uh, podcasting app but who knows maybe they don't i prefer a five-star yeah, let's just say let's just stick with five stars yeah yeah if you're listening to us it means you like us right exactly like and us? thank you for listening let's do let's do that right of course thanks um it's been kind of crazy this is kind of like a making the sausage um thing but like we've had one of the best months ever uh in terms of downloads this month and we missed an episode so that's kind of incredible so thank you to each and every person Definitely. who's listening to us and also going into the back catalog and cherry picking episodes um uh, to listen to there's so, some good ones back there it's true also some and i think once we got past three or four episodes of us kind of getting used to how to make this podcast the episodes are all pretty fun. I really enjoy the the couple of live ones we did. Those I would cut. Well, we need to talk because we need to do another live one. It's been almost six months. So I'm going to get you to come to the big city. Um, you know, bring yeah, your okay. gun and your sword. Into I thought your you car. wanted to come here so we could jam on the guitar. <laughs> no, that's later on. That is later okay, on. Okay, um, okay. But for now, let us let us plan something in the future where you come to the big bad city. You get scared by the locals. I teach you how to do street tricks. Teach you how to play dice, for example. Perfect. Angela, I think this is a really good place to end episode 228 of the Double Density Podcast. And as always, people can tune in next week as Angela and I discuss more and more ways that we're going to use farts as weapons. Angela, I will see you there. See you there.